Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. And today I am so super excited to have one of my besties and one of my my board president of the Mana Fund, Allison English. Hey, Allie. Hey, Jeannie. Thanks for having me on. Well, you know, you and I have (laughs) multiple discussions a week and this you are actually the reason that we're having the show. You are the one that got me to watch 13 Reasons Why. You want to tell me a little bit about, well, tell me a little bit about yourself first. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, as Jeannie said, I'm the president of the Mana Fund, and president of the board of the Mana Fund. Right. And, and thus president of me. Which, I am the president know. of Jeannie. Yes. <laughs> um, but I got into that because I did have an eating disorder and have familiarity around all of the issues surrounding that. And... I'm a mom. Yes. So, um, of two amazing boys. I <laughs> yeah. love them. They're so great. Yes. A uh, 16 year old and a 12 year old. So, yes. right there in the heart hey of. Hey, guys. <laughs> we're right there in the heart of the age group that is watching 13 Reasons Why, which is some of the, the concern. Right. right. And, and I hadn't really, and you know, I've, I've been asking a lot of people like at the office, like other therapists that I'm mm-hmm. working with, and then even some of the clients. And I honestly, like when I said something in group uh, yesterday or two days ago, uh, one of the girls, like I said, hey, has anyone in here, this is my clients that I'm talking to, there's seven or eight of them in the room. And I said, has anyone heard of 13 Reasons Why? And let me tell you, the 15 year olds were on it. Oh, they know it. And the adults were like, no, what's that about? And so, which I think was a really, really good reflection of who this audience is that's watching this show. So, uh, Allie, tell us a little bit about the show. Um, Well, 13 Reasons Why documents the suicide of a sophomore in high school, Hannah Baker. It chronicles, she, she basically gives tapes and these children are listening to the reasons why she committed suicide. And post, this is these tapes are coming out post suicide, right? Like she's after, already done it. Yeah, she's she is dead, and these children are listening to these. And and it chron it, it's a very graphic show, and it it touches on cyberbullying, lots of different things, right? And lots of things that our teenagers, middle schoolers are dealing with on a regular basis, right? Well, and I just want to preface the show this before we get into the discussion around. A lot of the issues that are presented in the show, I do think it's really I mean, there's been a lot of criticism about the show, how it sensationalizes suicide and kids are, you know, watching this and parents aren't understanding that, you know. And so I want to just preface this by saying the main reason that someone commits suicide is because they decide to. And there is no I mean, there can be mitigating factors and pain that they're dealing with, but I don't personally believe that anyone else makes like has. So I guess basically the premise of this in terms of my perspective is that nobody else was responsible for Hannah's death except for Hannah. Right. And I, I just, you know, one I know one of the things that we're going to talk about in on the second half of the show are a lot of the mental health reasons why people actually commit suicide. Right. So 
Let's talk about some statistics. So we were reading. You want to share some of those statistics? Well, yeah, we were looking at what are the actual statistics of teen suicide. Our community is actually dealing with one right now. So the, the statistics show that it's the second leading cause of death in teens. Suicide. Yeah. 12 to 24. 12 to 24. Yeah. And so we were even looking like, okay, what's the number one reason for death? And that is due to automobile accidents. Right. And and so to think about how, you know, car accidents, a lot of times we know that involves alcohol and different substances. Um, not always, but um, and then to just see that suicide is the second leading cause of death. And I don't I we didn't actually get into the male versus female ratio. Uh, We can present that in Mm -hmm. another show. But so let's let's just talk a little bit about how this is affecting. Like there was somebody in the local community. And so can you tell me how the community has responded, like some of the schools and Mm, there's nothing. Nobody has addressed it, but it's the kids hear about it on Snapchat. Oh, my gosh. And the parents know about it. You don't know if it's true or not because the kids are like, well, I heard about it on Snap. But so, no, not that I know of, not that I have seen. Okay, but there was some school response to 13 Reasons Why. Yes, there has been some school response, um, mostly in the private sector. Um, I haven't seen anything in the public sector yet. Okay, and so the private school has sent out some letters to parents. Yeah, just just kind of, hey, this is out there. The kids are watching it. You may want to note that this is happening. Right. And one of the things I want you guys to know out there in uh, food, faith, and feelings land is that I uh, have written a blog addressing, it's, it's a two-part blog because there's this is so rich. And the first part is where I just discuss really all of the, the characters that are in 13 Reasons Why Uh, We even discussed how there are differences between the actual book writing and the TV show, which we can talk about in just a second. And then the second part of the blog is about um, the major overarching issues such as um, suicide itself, depression, what are the things that parents can and people can look for. And so it's this is my blog in response to the show is more of trying to be helpful to people instead of criticizing or critiquing the show itself. But really, let's use this as not just what does it look like when in somebody that's trying to or thinking about committing suicide, but let's look at the bullies and how their their life looks like from the show and some of the other, you know, issues and stressors that teenagers are really dealing with that when honestly, when I was growing up in the 80s as a teenager, like I just wasn't faced with these kinds of issues. Well, I think some of the issues I was faced with in the 80s, but the difference is you go home, you have time to reflect, be quiet, you get to rest, you go the next day and you deal with the issue and it's a new day. These kids don't. They come home and they have their phone and that information is still hitting them. Right. And sometimes at when you parents are asleep, you think that your kids, I mean, I've had parents like say, oh, I take their phones and they're by my nightstand but what I hear sometimes in my office is these kids are sneaking or they're going through their computer or they're so as long as there is an Internet available, they are active. That's right. And so one of the things that I would just say at the out front is to start is 
hey, parents, why don't you think about cutting down, cutting off the Internet um, and not that way they don't have access to TV or they don't have the access to the Internet. They can't they can't do these things um, because that's really what it was in the 80s. We didn't have an Internet. I had a phone. Yeah, but I didn't. And if we wanted to communicate, we wrote a note, which some of note writing could be therapeutic. You might write it and be like, wait a minute. This well, is- right. And e- and even um, it's it's interesting that you just said that, because in the show itself, some of the the ways that people actually got um, like there was a list going around right. in the movie about, you know, the girl with the best butt and the, mm-hmm. and the worst butt and like these different like the best lips and. And so this was literally being passed around. And these lists still exist, by the way. They're out there. They are. Yes, they are. See, I don't have children, so I don't know. They're there. And so this could be another form of bullying right. that is so silent. And and I even remember that in the show, like Hannah got, they, they handed it to her. She saw it and she threw it away. But as she was walking back to her seat, another boy got into the trash can and picked up the note and continued to circulate it. So kids are so smart and so sneaky. So it's true. Well, I think this show also highlights the mental health stigma or mental, you know, the stigma surrounding mental health issues. Go ahead. Tell me about that. Well, right. Like you you don't hear about it as much. You're not hearing about deaths from eating disorders or deaths from suicide like you are car accidents. So it's not talked about. Oh, absolutely. Yes. There is a huge shame component of mental health and suicide. Well, one of the things that we are going to do when we come back from our break is we are actually going to delve into some of the, what are the mental health issues? And um, like in my blog, I, I kind of outlined some of the issues that Hannah actually, I think, was struggling with. And um, we're going to talk about that. And then we're also going to talk about some warning signs of suicide so that you parents out there can be informed. So uh, come back. We will talk some more about this. And again, always thank you to our sponsors. If any of you want to be a sponsor on the show, just contact me at info, I-N-F-O at manafun.org. My friend, Mr. Steve Hightower, created an amazing fundraiser for children in Atlanta. This year, you can be a part in helping homeless Atlanta teens by attending the 8th Annual Thriving Children Gala, which is on May the 12th at the Atlanta History Center. The gala will benefit the Lost and Found Youth Agency. The doors open at 6.30 for cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, and silent auction. You will then be escorted to the Grand Overlook Ballroom for an evening of entertainment featuring Las Vegas Britney Spears impersonator, Derek Berry, fashion show, live auction, and more. For more information, you can go to atlantathrivingchildren.org or call Mr. Steve Hightower at his hair and day spa at 404-264-9006. NYSA is a capital company that helps connect those who are from countries outside of the United States to access funding and legal assistance using specific programs that are flexible in order to enhance a project's success. NYSA Capital is a global professional services firm that's headquartered in Atlanta and has locations in Miami, India, China, Korea, Vietnam, and Latin America. Hard exercise works. They believe in really hard exercise. 
and the relentless pursuit of excellence. Results are earned, not given. Group training can be personal and fun. I personally love hard exercise works. It has helped me to get back into shape. I don't focus on my food. I focus on the workout and I feel stronger and I feel healthier and happier. And that's what it's about. Hard exercise works in John's Creek. So, could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. Once again, welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. And we are talking um, of a very sensitive but critical topic, teen suicide and the whole issue was brought forth by uh, this this Netflix series called 13 Reasons Why. And we know that this is being discussed across the country. And uh, again, I have my board president and the president of me, Allison English. And um, so let's talk a little bit about the show itself. OK, well, I will say and I know we touched on this a little while earlier that there's a difference between the book and the show. And some one of those differences, because I've only seen the show. I would say the biggest difference, the thing that I appreciated from the book, is that you do highlight some of the, the warning signs of suicide. It is explained better in the book, where I think that when you're watching the show, you know she's struggling, but you're not, you're not seeing or understanding what warning signs are. Right. It almost seems like it's a little bit fake. Right. Like it's contrived. Right. So tell us a little bit of the warning signs that you saw in the book. Um, in the book, it was she cut her hair. Right. That was a big one that she talked about herself. That's like a change in appearance. Right. Right. Now, she did do that in the show. Right. But you don't know it's a warning sign. Right. They don't. They explain it in the book that it's. Gotcha. Yeah. And just um, withdrawal. Withdrawing from friends. Friends, family. Right. Right. And those were some of the big ones they talked about with her in the book. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I didn't see that is a huge warning sign of people that commit suicide is they sort of go through this planning phase. Like once like there's a what I've been taught and what I've seen is there's this huge depressive depression that is sort of ongoing and sort of lingering and kind of like in the commercial, like we've talked about before, like um, people put on a front and so you don't maybe necessarily realize everything that's going on with them. And so there's this depression. And then all of a sudden you see this elation because what's happened internally is they have gone from feeling like I can't live this way the rest of my life because someone that's depressed believes that what they're seeing and feeling in the moment is going to be going forever. They don't see opportunity and opportunity for change um, in life. And like, I think every day there are new, there's just new stuff that happens every single day. And even when someone is depressed, they don't necessarily pick up on those cues or they don't feel like they're worth it. And then once they've made the decision that they're, they have figured out how that they are going to alleviate themselves from pain. And so what they do is they begin to put their affairs in order. 
So one of the big signs, one of the final big signs is like if let's say they have a a childhood memento or there's something that really means something like if if your if your child is a ballet dancer and they have this favorite pair of ballet shoes, they give them away so that they know that a part of them, it's like they're that part of them they're giving to, say, their best friend or their sister that hey, this is something that is going to remind you of me when I'm gone. I want you to have it. And and so if you see these kinds of warning signs like depression and then elation and then like, you know, you've been telling your kid to keep their room clean and their their room is finally clean. Like I know of people that um, men that have, unfortunately men tend to do more um, graphic, violent kinds of deaths. They will shoot themselves they will hang themselves like like robin williams and so what they will do even like i had a i knew of a person that put down plastic in a room and like they had provided like the cleaning materials and shot themselves so that they wouldn't splatter another guy i know that shot himself shot himself in his backyard because he didn't want anybody to have a mess to clean up and so there's a lot of forethought that goes into suicide and death so these are some of the things that you need to think about and i wanted i wanted to talk a little bit about anna the character right yeah i mean clearly struggling from a medical issue which people in this state are right yeah we were talking on the phone how People that have depression, well, mental, mental illness is medical. And and people don't understand that just because you think that, I mean, people should just have all their stuff together and that, you know, they may be struggling with something, um, you know, like I have, I have clients that will routinely, especially that have eating disorders, really have this like voice in their head that's really critical and really mean. You want to say something about well, that? Yeah, that's correct. I do think there is a voice for a lot of them that, that kind of reinforce the negativity that you're dealing with. Right? right. And you can't get rid of that voice without help. Right. And mental health, mental issues and going to see a counselor. I mean, hello, I'm... It's kind of like, you know, the hair club for men, you know, not only am I, (laughs) not only do I own the the business, but I'm a client too. Um, Well, I, I have over my life since I was 14, I have gone in and out of um, counseling because it's just so valuable. I agree with that. Have you ever been in counseling? I have. (laughs) (laughs) And what does it do for you? What did it do for you? Um, I just think it's a place where you can go where you can talk about it and work stuff out. And it's a safe space. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that person is independent of your life. They have no, like, no no tie to any part of what's going on with you. And that's actually one of the things I think for Hannah, she didn't have a safe space. That's correct. Even her home, she felt unsafe in because of some of the things that happened with the kid taking the pictures. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, just, you've got, I know that you're watching this show again twice I more. <laughs> I am. I am watching it with my kids just because I know they're going to watch it. So the rule is they watch it with me. Well, and I think right there we should just stop and just highlight that that is so important. Like, why do you think it's important for you to watch it with your kids? Well, it is really important to me because I feel like I would rather proactively address these issues, these issues that they're they're dealing with in real time and, and understanding that they as open a dialogue as we have with each other, they may not tell me everything. So I would rather proactively 
address the issues in the show than be reactive to a situation that's happening that they don't understand. Yeah, exactly. And and that's actually one of the, th- the points that I put out in the blog is, you know, parents, number one, watch it first. Mm-hmm. Um, if your kids have already seen it, um, be, then you need to sit down and make them watch it again with you. Right. I and, agree with that. And discuss it um, because it's important to like make sure because you you're going to know your the, your kid's emotional maturity. And so if you can say, all right, what do you think is going on with this person? What do you think about this scene that was really, really graphic where this guy hurts this girl? He rapes her. I mean, Hannah, that was that was one of the things that Hannah was dealing with was PTSD. She was sexually assaulted at least three different times, four different times during this show. And sexual assault is such a hot topic. I mean, I, I get I shudder when I see like images and ads and billboards and like magazine ads and how sexualized this world has become. Right. No, I, I agree with that. And and also when you're watching it with your children, you can censor it based on where their maturity level is. Like clearly I, my middle schooler, I don't need seeing some of these scenes. I can avert so how him. Do you- I do you hurt him. I just say, turn your head. Oh, we'll talk about it. And he listens. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. But, you know, if he goes to a friend's house or whatever and it's not being censored, you know, that's why I want to at least be talking about it. Right. So you tell him what's happened in yeah. the scene without him actually having to see it. The visual. Yeah. Of those disturbing scenes. Yeah. There are at least three really disturbing scenes. Two are sexual assaults and one is the actual death, which actually is different it is different in, in the, the book. book in the book it is um pills she and it's takes pills. The, yes the suicide is kind of quiet and she died and which is actually um statistically more females that commit suicide do it quietly whereas what i said earlier men or males do it more violently and so in and spoiler alert but in the in the show she it shows her taking I mean, it shows actually her taking the um, razor blades from her family's store home, which she uses to commit suicide with. And she slits her wrists. And it's a very graphic, very gory kind of a scene. It is. And I think they were trying to show her suffering. Right. Like that's what they were. They wanted to make an impact that suicide is horrific. It's not quiet. It's not easy. Right. And and. I honestly, I know people are saying that there's a sensationalism and a, and a glamorization, but I don't see that as being glamorous. I see that as being like horrific, like you were just saying. Yeah. Um, let me just let me just going to follow up a little bit with some of the issues that I see her struggling with. One is um, she's got an underlying developing personality issue. Um, the fact that the way that she even like ends the death but she plans it and she does all these tapes I mean we don't know really why she's doing it is she doing it to shame them or is she doing it to help them change I don't see the helping change I see the shame yes she's also struggling with depression and then she's also struggling with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder they see like we see different flashbacks of different scenes in her life and so there's just a lot there's a very it's she's a very complex character um so i want us to we're gonna have to stop and we're gonna um 
talk next week about uh, some of the factors that do play a part in suicide. But right now I want us to go to our verse of the week. And it says, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. And that's Hebrews 5, 7. And I think that that is just really, um, God is the one that can take care of all of our pain, but we've got to learn how to trust him more. And that's a daily, uh, daily walk, a daily thing, daily prayer. And so uh, we will talk some more next week. Thanks for being here, Allie. It's been a joy. Thanks for having me. And we will see you guys. Well, we won't see you, but hopefully you'll hear us next week. <laughs>